Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas. And today we're talking about the movie that should have swept the Oscars. Fuck you, you old white men. That's right, we're talking about Hustlers. And I'm not alone. I'm also joined by the world's greatest hustler, Valeska. Hello. Hey, we should get some shots. Oh, I love shots. I'm I'm just a, I'm I'm a fan of so many shots in this movie. The cinematography <laughs> is great. And hey, my sisters are here. Oh, hey guys. Hello. <laughs> uh, I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Sophie and I'm joined by my real life sister and co-host of our other podcast 28 Days Later, Hannah. Hey, hey. I'm here too. We we all have different dads, but we're still sisters. Don't be sketched out about it. <laughs> just drink up, up and don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna get hammered off of this cinematography, and you're gonna take me for all I'm worth. Uh, it's not that much, but you can have it. Anyways, yes. Yeah, so as I uh, referenced, we are talking about the movie Hustlers, and why else would we talk about this? Because it has the amazing Lily Reinhardt in a uh, very pivotal role. She's on the poster, guys. She gets her own spot on the poster. I thought you were going to say impressive. she's on the pole. <laughs> she, well, I mean, actually, I, I don't think we do see uh, no, her dancing. No, we don't. We don't no. see her dancing at all. Well, in the no. shopping I mean, room we, a little bit. Yeah, oh, and we true. see her, like, dancing off the pole, and uh, I love her dearly. Uh, she is not a great dancer, so <laughs> I don't know what her pole skills would look like. Maybe, uh, well, I mean, compared to J-Lo, like, everyone else looks bad in this movie. Like, it's, oh, it's a, a unfortunate... It's like when you see the Jennifer Lopez dancing sequence, you are blown away. And I was like almost left speechless because it's like a scene that like I'm always like, I guess I got to rewind that and watch three more times. How the hell do you do that? Yeah. Although also mad respect to Cardi B, who used to be an exotic dancer and also has. Yeah, but that also says something that that she even makes makes Cardi B look look less good was an actual stripper. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That is true. Uh, I didn't realize that was Cardi B. I like, I now realize now that you say, I can immediately figure out who Cardi B was because I was kind of like squinting. I was like, she looks familiar. It, I don't know who she is, but she looks familiar. She's so distinctive, though. How did you not know that was Cardi B? I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Cardi B. Or maybe I have at one point. I just passed it by and I was like, well, it's Cardi B. Well, I but I mean, like her voice and the way she expresses herself. Ah, you know, I'm just terrible. Uh, this is where we out. This is where we out. Andrew is not a huge Cardi B fan, which is okay. I, <laughs> no, it's I, fine. I, don't, I don't know enough about Cardi B to not be a fan. No, so that's. I, I don't mean that you dislike her. I just mean that you don't know her enough to recognize her, which is okay. Did you recognize Lizzo? You know, that's that's true. Liz- <laughs> that was Lizzo. Oh yes! my god, <laughs> Andrew. She needed more screen know. time, though. She was so I, good. I mean, I, I know who Lizzo is. I've seen pictures of Lizzo. I just did not recognize that as Lizzo in that role. Oh, my goodness. You didn't recognize uh, her as as exotic dancer who plays the flute? <laughs> <laughs> he was so immersed in the storyline that he just didn't bother, you know, connecting it to the real world. He was just like, he was in it. I now, was Andrew, like, I know that you referenced J-Lo, but when you watched this movie, did you also not know that was J-Lo? I know who like, <laughs> I know who J Lo is. Okay, I've seen Monster in Law. Great I know J Lo. <laughs> classic, classic movie. Okay, so for people who haven't seen it, can anybody give a good description of what Hustlers is? 
<laughs> okay, Hustlers is a movie. <laughs> so this is actually a movie based off of a New York Magazine article, which is kind of awesome. I don't know the last time a movie was just based solely off of an article. And it's basically about a bunch of uh, crew of savvy former strip club employees who band together to turn the tables on their Wall Street clients. That was not something <laughs> I read yeah. off of a thing, but I'm down. I'm down. This is the kind of thievery where I'm just like, you go, <laughs> girls, take that money. And, uh, yeah, so this is just uh, a movie all about... It's like a... It, I guess you call it a crime movie? Like, it's like a crime thriller kind of thing, but, I mean... I'm just I'm just pro the. It's not like a Robin. regular crime movie. It's like a cool crime movie. Yeah, it's like a cool crime it, movie. That old fluddy duddy Scorsese like could have never made something this classy. It that gets a little deeper, deeper than some. It's like, That's true. You know, not your dick crime movie. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, Sophie, what did you think of this movie as a whole? Um, I think that a lot of what I thought about this movie has been said. It's phenomenal. Um, I had seen this movie when it was in theaters, and I remember really enjoying it. And then, Andrew, when you had asked if I would be on the show to cover it, I was like, yeah, I should probably watch it again to refamiliarize myself. I don't know if I feel like watching it again since I just saw it in theaters not that long ago. I, I guess I remembered liking it, but thinking, like, that was good, and I don't ever need to watch it again. And then I watched it last week, and... remembered or realized for the first time that I'm obsessed with this movie and that it is and like absolutely no sarcasm this movie is just like a work of cinematic genius that is so fantastic and there's so many pieces of the editing and the sound design and the soundtrack that like just I didn't notice the first time because I was having so much fun watching it um but there is a lot going on in this movie, and um, I think it's amazing. That you know what? That's fair. Uh, I think that's the perfect transition to Valeska because uh, Valeska, Ooh. how many times have you seen this movie? Uh, I'm on my fifth time. On your fifth time. On your fifth nice. time. Nice. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. You are like you are. You have watched this movie enough times where like I'm pretty sure you're studying it. Like I'm. I'm pretty sure you're going to be taking some tips and just uh, robbing people blind. I mean, I would never admit that on a podcast. It's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> she is, uh, as far as we know, Valeska is a uh, upstanding citizen. Wink, wink. No robbery. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. I will say uh, that my boots are full of cash, though. So. <laughs> um. I, I. So I also like so Sophie. Hannah, I saw what did when you it think it first movie? came out, and um, and then I watched it again, and same thing. Where thing where I was like. It's even better the second time. Um, but when Soph like first asked me if I wanted to do the podcast with you guys, one thing I, one thing I mentioned to her that I love about the, the movie is uh, when I went to see it. it I wanted, I needed someone to go with me, so I convinced my friend to see it, to see it with me, telling him it's a movie about about strippers with for Lopez, and he was like, "Okay, say no more, I'm in." And kind of something I love about the movie is he is I feel I feel like it ends up being so much more than that. And um, not even that much of it ends up taking taking place with with rip club walls walls I guess. Um, um, so it's kind of like I accidentally bamboozled him a little bit, but that's also just because the movie itself did that, which I which I think is really smart marketing on their on their part too. Yeah, definitely. 
yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's a definitely way, a, a, yeah. a movie that uh, swindled its audience in a good way. It rewarded <laughs> you. You go in and think it's just one thing, and then it's something else. So it's positive crime, just like this movie is all about. <laughs> it's very good. It's a great mm-hmm. theme. It's a great theme. It's a great theme. Steal from the rich. That's our official official uh, statement on this. Um, does anybody have any? So, what was the, your familiarization with uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, prior to this movie? Because, like, honestly, like this is like one of her greatest performances, I think. And I always always liked Jennifer Lopez. I've always thought she's like a good, really good screen presence, and she's always been very likable. Like, even in the worst movie she's been in, I've still liked her as a presence. Even in G so, like, she really where she's a lesbian who got straight by, by the end, every role she's in. <laughs> And uh, I, I, well, I mean, the plot of the movie is not great. Is, is, that, is that also not the movie with the gobble gobble line? Uh, oh, yep, yep, we're all turkeys. Uh, but, you know, anyone who can deliver the lines gobble gobble uh, with <laughs> such enthusiasm and vigor um, does have some acting prowess uh but <laughs> this is this is uh, uh probably well, her, been a, her been a fan uh, been a fan role. since but she hannah what's your Jenny familiarity with uh good old and Jennifer uh Lopez? like like you said monster-in-law i think that on first date in sixth grade i went to see monster-in-law in theaters um um we, my, myself and my boy, boyfriend at the time really wanted to see the lords of dogtown but our other friend and his girlfriend were like, no, that movie seems, seems terrible to see Mo- Monster in Law. Um, but I agree with you. I think that basically everything I've seen her in, um, she's pretty dynamic always. And I'm always, always excited to see her like, continuing to be, to be successful now, now into her like, 50s. Um, and she just brings it to everything that she's in. Except for maybe... That Iggy Azalea song about about it's everything else I'm good with within her career trajectory. <laughs> kind of phoned in on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a yeah, no, I guess that's a that is a, a good point altogether. Sophie, how about yeah, no, that's fair, that's fair. Um, Sophie, how about you? Uh, yeah, I think that Jennifer Lopez sort of has this charm and charisma to her that just makes her like you both talked about the kind of presence that she has on screen I mean I think one of the things that has made her career as a musician so um enduring aside from the fact that she is clearly a gifted singer and a gifted dancer is that she just has this charisma that like absolutely draws you in I I had this moment sort of one of the first scenes that we see her in, obviously the first scene that we see her is her doing her dance, which is absolutely amazing. I have been to six beginner pole classes and I remember like getting out of this movie when I saw it in theaters and being like, I should start going back to classes. I could do that. And then it's like, I went to one class and I was like, oh my God, I forgot how hard this is. I mean, it's just like an incredibly... A grueling thing to try to do. I'm sure that people who have not done it, um, and particularly like, hey, if you're a dude that's been to strip clubs and you think that like just anybody can do that and get up there, like that is 
A, includes a ton of muscle, but is also, like, excruciatingly painful. So more power to anyone who can do that and make it look graceful. Um, But the first scene where we see her after that is when she's up on the roof and Dorothy goes up and she's sort of lounging in this beautiful fur. And she says this now kind of iconic line where she, like, opens her fur and and asks Dorothy to get in the or tells Dorothy to get in the fur with her to stay warm. And my favorite part. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, it gives me goosebumps. And I sort of feel like, in a way, that is the perfect encapsulation of Jennifer Lopez's <laughs> entire career. She has this way, whether she's playing uh, just, like, a kind of a, like, sweet wedding planner or she is her onstage persona where she just is J-Lo and she's, like, hot as shit. There is this sort of, like, there there feels like there's kind of a give and take where she is inviting you to be a part of whatever she's doing. And she makes, it sort of feels like she makes her audience feel like she's giving the attention back to them. And I thought this performance was such a beautiful way to get to see her do a really similar thing in a way that is so much more (laughs) emotionally resonant and deep and painful to watch in some parts. Aw. Aw, she just brings us into her fur. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. I like that. I like that. Valeska, how about you? How's your J-Lo story? That'll get edited out, I'm sure, because that was embarrassing. (laughs) Please leave it in. Please leave it in. (laughs) You will not edit that out. (laughs) Make it a shirt. No, I mean, I agree completely about... (laughs) I agree completely about the charisma. I think Sophie put that so beautifully. Um, And yeah, Monster in Law, of course. um, Enough. A whole bunch of different movies. Um... I don't know, I'm just basically a really big fan, and I think that I find that my fanship grows every time she does something new, because she just continually gets more amazing. That's fair. That's fair. That's the career we all want to have, It's just continuously to get more amazing. Uh, it is kind of funny, though, mm-hmm. because she is one of the leads, but like I don't know if she is actually the lead of this movie, because it seems like Constance Wu is where like the story kind of like all revolves around her. So like, I, I don't know. call them know. co-leads. Yeah, that's true. They are probably co-leads. They are co-leads. I guess, you know. Well, uh, but what did you guys think of Constance Wu in this? I thought Constance, was, uh, Constance Wu was really good. I think I know her by name more than I do her actual work. One of Steph Soap's uh, favorite TV shows? I have not got a chance to see Crazy Rich Asians, which I really want to. I've heard that's really good. Have you not watched Fresh Off the Boat? I have not watched Fresh Off the Boat. Oh I'm my so, gosh, you have to watch it. I'm so sorry it's not because I just <laughs> like the show. I just haven't got a chance to watch it, okay? I did see her in All the Creatures Were Stirring. There you go. She's in a segment of that. There you go. That. So I've seen her before. I've seen her as Gabby. But in this movie, she played Destiny. And she was so good. She was so good in this movie. I was like, uh, I really, really like her as a leading presence as well. So, uh <laughs> It's kind of amazing because I don't think there is a a bad person in this cast. Like, is there any? Oh, okay. Wait a minute. I've got one guy. I mean, he's not bad, but I just don't like him because he's mean to Constance Wu. Uh, oh, don't you dare oh, say that, that Gerald is bad. How dare you insult wait, yeah. G-Eazy? <laughs> wait, who? Who did I just insult? How dare you insult G-Eazy? <laughs> who is G-Eazy? What is happening? Is that the guy by he the is- pool? Wait, but oh, Sophie, he, no. you didn't notice. No, yeah, you didn't, the guy that dates either, uh, until I the dates Constance Wu. He's a rapper that I very much enjoy, who I have spoken to on the phone, who I have my <laughs> photo taken with. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Well, then I wait, guess wait, I won't consider this can that we, like, Can we appreciate his rapping and maybe not his acting, though? I mean, he can't be good uh, at everything, right? I think that's fair. His performance isn't great. But I do want to go back really quickly because, like, we talked briefly about how Constance Wu is great. But since, and I don't know if Hannah wants to, has anything to say about this, but because she's so good in Fresh Off the Boat, but she plays this, like, very, um, like, careful, cautious, like, mother of young children. And, in, and she has... A lot of like weird fun quirks like she wants to write a mystery novel and whenever she gets stressed out she eats chip witches um but it's like a it's sort of like you're almost in a lot of ways it's your stereotypical um sitcom mom and to see and of course like she's great in crazy rich asians as well but then to see her in this um her performance is amazing and like the chemistry that she has with jennifer lopez is unbelievable and i mean for so much of this movie you have this sort of like destiny whose real name is dorothy not unlike the wizard of oz and j-lo is like her wizard who's just like actually just a man behind a screen who's like promising her stuff he can't give her it's really sad um but like there is such a beautiful push and pull between the two of them um and i loved getting to see her do something that is so incredibly different than anything else she's done. And even though I have a lot of respect for her as an actress and, and really like her and what I've seen her in, I remember seeing trailers for this and being like, well, that's really uh-huh. different wait, than but anything but I've I seen Constance Wu do. And I wait, don't know what Sophie said, how she's going to do. Say, and like, I thought she I was I think that's a good point. Just because, uh, her role on cool. uh, Fresh Off yeah, the Bell. You can go back to talking about how young Gerald's not that because good. She okay, is so a uh, straight man, man that everyone oh, plays, so. plays off of. Yeah. Um, even though she does, like you said, have a lot of her own uh, little quirks as part of her character that make her great too. But she's very, very dead a lot of out of it. Um, so this was was a, a lot bigger of a role. Like, like it gave a lot more opportunity, opportunity to sort of flex some some of her acting muscles. I didn't even know, even know she had. So I agree with Sophie that that was also an added thing that made it fun uh, to see her in that role. I was going to yell until Sophie said that. <laughs> so, uh, Valeska, have you seen Fresh Off the Boat? Am I going to get yelled at if I say no? Because I haven't seen it. No, we absolutely no. will not yell at you, but you guys really <laughs> should watch it because A, Constance Wu, A, Constance Wu, B, Randall Park, like two of the most like funny and delightful and talented like Asian actors that are out there right now. And the three kids that play their sons are like absolutely delightful. Weird sense of humor about it, especially with the kids. Like the stuff that the kids say are easily bizarre. But oh, I don't know. I don't know. It just so works so so well. It's very unique the voice of that show okay. and the f- no. and fans of twin peaks will be happy to know that ray wise plays their neighbor who is like a really yuppie like orlando 90s dentist so anyway that's the end of the uh, fresh off the boat plug but you should watch it no you're really you know selling what? it I, yeah no you you sold it well uh now to things that uh, probably don't sell anyone well turns out g easy was in a soundtrack music was used in riverdale so i guess he's another riverdale connection really boom Boom. so yeah what song what song i need to know 
Okay, okay. Let's look this up. Uh, Let's look this up. I'm looking it up. He was in I'm going to send you guys a picture Probably of me with him. Because they were dating his for perform- a while. He, he did the song, You Don't Own Me. Yeah, You Don't Own Me with, um... Oh, wait. was that with him? Hannah Halsey or somebody? Wait, that, it's, that, that they're, they're sampling that song, yeah. Oh. I know you don't so like Halsey. just play the phone call she has. <laughs> I don't think it was her, actually. Anyway, continue. But yeah, so I guess we have look forward to the G Easy episode of uh, of this podcast. It'll just be Sophie. Sophie yells at me. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's just Sophie in a room yelling at me. Oh my Listen, god! Listen, I does that I won't. I won't photo. yell. I, no, I'm gonna send you guys the photo. I won't yell because, as Hannah can attest, like I've soured on him a little bit as he got more famous. But it's okay. Ooh, he sold out. He was on Riverdale. That's selling out, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Sell out. Speaking of people who we would never call a sellout, but they were on Riverdale, let's talk about the lovely Lily Reinhardt, who uh, is absolutely charming in this movie, I thought. And it shows that uh, she's got a lot of range because this is a very different character than uh, Betty Cooper. I think Betty Cooper is actually a darker character. She's a darker character. Betty Cooper doesn't puke much. Uh, (laughs) Betty Cooper is mean to her cats. Uh, and Lily Reinhardt in this movie really loves her cat. Uh, hashtag justice for caramel. Uh, but I thought it was a good uh, role for her. I'm glad she's getting like bigger m- movies to kind of showcase her talent. And I believe, just going by the names chosen in this recording, uh, Valeska, you would agree. <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, the name that I have in this um, cast whatever what what do we call this tricast i'm going by the name annabelle's cat yep yep and yeah i i loved the character i loved her in the role um i loved the cat casting although i would have been happier to see caramel's cat actor playing the role but you know that's fine you know who can who can really afford the high budget that uh caramel uh asks for these days and uh caramel's looking uh, for like three million a picture at this point so oh yeah oh yeah have you <laughs> if you ever go to co- like a hollywood convention like a comic book convention you just see caramel the cat the lines go out the room you can't even afford their autograph yeah. it's just a paw print it's just like a paw print in gold ink <laughs> exactly oh i'm caramel. gonna make one of those and mail it to you <laughs> and then that's how you hustle me because then i'll have to pay for it Ooh! i'll send you a photo i'll send you like a polaroid of it and then i'll have you uh venmo me <laughs> and the polaroid will be covered with drugs and then we all know where it goes from there uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you don't have to drug me. I just give people things. I am a gifter, so you could probably take advantage of me. Uh, but, uh, Sophie, what did you think of Lily Reinhardt in this movie? I thought she was great. I think she does a really good job, um, especially, again, like, it can't be stressed enough that she does especially well, considering that she, for a lot of her scenes, is on screen with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu, who are both amazing in this movie, and Kiki Palmer, who objectively has, like, all of the energy of a magical unicorn. Um, And I just feel like she really, really holds her own in all of those scenes. Um, And she's not necessarily someone that I ever 
would have I think if you had given me this movie to cast I don't know if it ever would occur to me to put her in this but I think she does a great job I think one of my favorite scenes of her is actually when she's like on the screen alone and she's kind of like giving side eye to the guy's shoes in the bar just that look that she gives him is amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's pretty good it's pretty good I'm uh, I'm definitely excited uh, I-, I think that she can do a lot apparently she was also in the new Charlie's Angels movie from this year um, really? So yeah, apparently I see that she so bad. she's an angel recruit. Uh, maybe she gets a share a scene with Kristen Stewart. Good old Case do. Maybe she guess, will be an actual angel in the sequel. That would be can fun. Can she fight? That would be fun. We know that I, she can hit people with like a golf club, but you know how is she uh, in hand to hand combat? I think after you go through enough of uh, Riverdale, um, you just become really good at com- combating things, whether it's, you know, inanimate objects. Yeah, invisible just, bears. Invisible bears. <laughs> uh, you know, drug barons. Uh, Papa Poutine. Like, there's just Very so good. many elements that stuff? just kind of, like, compound. I don't yeah. watch yes. Riverdale. You yeah. could literally but do say anything, and I would be like, oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Chad Michael Murray uh, dresses like Evil Knievel and is about to take a rocket and he gets shot. Anyways, um, a homemade rocket. That is not a joke. The best kind of rocket. The best kind of rocket. (laughs) Anyways, back to the movie. Um, I want to. Can we just quickly talk talk about about the one scene where one of the dancers is talking about the like new boobs of the other dancer and refers to them as gummy bear technology? Yeah, I I had questions about that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, Andrew's Andrew's laugh it says it all. (laughs) I thought that's a cute. That just says cute. Gummy bear technology. Gummy bears. Anyone can join in. I will just sing the entirety Uh, of the. I have a thought. While we're on the topic of, while we're on the topic of music, at because of Andrew's Gummy Bear song. I have, like, a couple musical points in this movie that I want to talk about because they, again, are things I didn't necessarily notice the first time. It's really just one thing in particular that I didn't notice the first time that broke my brain the second time. Now, Valeska, because you've seen this movie so many times, I'm sure you're well aware, and I'm, I could very well be the only person that was like, holy crap, I can't believe they did this! But, like, the use of control by janet jackson in that opening sequence is one of the craziest things that's ever been done in a movie because it it feels both like on the nose is not fair it just feels like if you had told me that janet jackson wrote this song years ago specifically (laughs) for this movie i would have believed you and if you have not seen the movie the way that it's happening is like constance Wu is getting ready to go on stage and they're playing the song. And at the beginning, it's just a voiceover of Janet Jackson saying, this is a story about control, my control, control of what I say, control of what I do, etc., etc." And then I thought it was a different song because I was not familiar with this song. But they time it so that then they have all the girls walk out on stage with their purses and start parading around, like trying to get guys to pay them. And the song transitions to her singing about how growing up she always did what people told her and now she's in control um and that scene is just such a beautiful and concise like thesis statement for the entire movie and it it happens in a way that 
like I said, did not hit me at all the first time watching it. Um, so it's subtle enough that it just feels like, oh, yeah, this is a song that would play at a strip club. Sure. I'm not really listening to the words, but it is phenomenal. No, totally agree. I'm glad you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's a yeah, that's a really good point. Have any of you guys like been to strip clubs or like do you enjoy going to strip clubs? I've only been to one once and it was literally on my 18th birthday for somebody's bachelor party <laughs> and it was an interesting experience. It was interesting. <laughs> I just don't like I just don't like being there with other men cuz men are gross and I don't like talking to them. And all right, like, they are a little slimy because like it'd be cool if it was just like, damn, you were like doing some amazing athleticism. Woo. This is like sports. Uh, but <laughs> no, it's just like men being like, I'll job at a hut. Yeah, I've and only been to a strip club one time and uh, it was a strip club where the dancers were women and it was on Bourbon Street in New Orleans and it was. Oh really depressing yeah i've heard oh. that i've heard that i, I thought that was gonna be awesome i thought that no. was like such a lead up to something cool no. But no it was yeah it was gross and terrible i have heard from a lot of people um that so i think it totally depends where you go for one thing because i think if you're like if i think a lot of times when you see strip clubs on tv and this is probably true of like 80 percent of strip clubs they're just kind of like dark places that are intermittently empty uh, and so it's just like a lot of guys like drooling over one woman and it's just like an icky situation. So I've heard that a like uh, strip clubs where with male dancers uh, are a lot more fun, which sort of makes sense because you don't have the like uh, patriarchy and like rape culture overtones that you have in a strip club where the the people dancing are women. That um, makes sense. That makes sense. And you have you have an audience that is uh largely not not entirely obviously but like more women which so it's like i think a very different vibe but i know that like friend of the podcast uh cc like also enjoys going to strip clubs with female dancers and i think she would probably argue that like there are plenty of clubs where it's just like being at a club and everyone is like having fun and like it's crowded and everyone is sort of like dancing and whatever. And that's a different vibe. Like, I think I could see that being more enjoyable and more what you're talking about, Andrew, where it's like, what you're doing is amazing. And I'm sure you still get creeps in that scenario, but it's not like the strip club I went to was just like pretty empty. And the only people there were very creepy and the women dancing just seemed like really sad. And it was a real bummer. (laughs) So what I'm hearing here is that we should be opening our own club. Yeah, yeah let's open our own club i my i had an old roommate and she loved just like going and drinking at strip clubs and just like hanging out and enjoying the vibe so like i know there's like plenty, plenty of people who like go there and they're not creepy and they just kind of like hang out and chat and stuff and go like yeah cheer them on yeah it's a very it's just, tense, you know, tense it's scenario. you gotta figure out which ones to go to like i guess yeah <laughs> and i guess it's like what time of day and like there's yeah like probably if they are giving out like free say food that no club or something like don't go Oh, damn it. That's when I'm most likely to go, but for the food. Or yeah, but they're doing that like to get people inside, which means, like, you're going to be in, like, like, a creepy, empty vibe. We don't card. Oh, that's true. Just... Like, anyone can, can come in. <laughs> um, I I have never been to a strip club, but I tried to go to New Orleans. So, um, only in an attempt to get in, when I went went to pull out my ID, realized that I had, like, like pickpocketed. Um, so then I couldn't go anywhere. 
Um, but, but a couple of friends that I was I was with had gone the night before with all guys, and uh, my friend friend said to me to me at one point when we were walking over to the strip club with like this face that I will never forget. He just looked like 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 scared and and worried, <laughs> and he said he was like, "Don't go, Hannah. Don't do it." And he like grabbed my arm like I was going going into a haunted house. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. What? And he's like, you go there, and you think you're gonna like it. What? And you get what? there. Oh no! It's just, what? it's just, just don't go. <laughs> like, oh. Wow. Yeah. You just, you just have to imagine like what horrors that man has seen. Anyways, now that's a that's a whole that's a whole nother movie. Um, but yeah, wow, damn, damn. But yeah, I mean, so, so that's good to know. Good to know. Have it? Have you? Have either of you guys seen any of uh, director uh, Laura Lorene uh, Scafaria? I may Scafaria. I may be saying that wrong incorrectly. My apologies. Because uh, she has uh, done a lot of writing work, and she's also done um, some directing in like TV. Uh, she also directed the the movie Seeking a Friend from the End of the World. That was a movie that I was have been meaning to see for ages because I remember it actually got a pretty uh, decent reception upon its release, and a lot of people thought it was kind of like a nice, heartfelt indie movie that was really good. But she's also directed a few episodes of New Girl, and I know people love that show, and I've also not seen it. But this seems to be like her biggest uh, directorial role uh, to date, and. I uh, I hope she does more because she's clearly very very talented as a director. Like especially someone who's only done, who only has six features to her name, and like two, three of those are like TV movies. Which like no no shame against TV. It's just uh, it's a very different directing landscape. Right. Um, so uh, I'm definitely excited to see more of her work. Uh, but I I do think that a lot of the compliments that we're giving really attest to uh, the directing as well. So. It's definitely, definitely worth noting. Has anyone else seen any of her work? I have, I have not, although you mentioned up front, Andrew, uh, the movie Coherence, which she did not write or direct, but she acted in. Um, and if people out there are fans of like horror and sci-fi and have not seen Coherence, it came out in 2013. Um, it is really, really fantastic. Uh, it's like a, just like a very small, uh, very small scale weird uh, sci-fi movie that is super memorable. So if you have not seen it, you should. I think it might be on Netflix. Um, but I agree. I want her to be to do more stuff. I saw on some of the IMDb trivia the number of things that she like wrote into the script without having any confirmation they would happen. So for example, there's a scene later on in the movie where Usher shows up, and she just like wrote that into the script without even asking if he would be in it. Um, and she was like, hopefully we'll get him. And they did. And then apparently, um, when the scene towards the end of the movie where Jennifer Lopez is like walking to the ATM and they're playing Royals by Lord, which is like such a phenomenal choice of music. Right. So she had picked, that's the song that she wanted for that sequence. And the production team was sort of like, don't get your hopes up. Lord has never let any of her music be used in a movie. Um, and she was like, okay, okay, but that's what I want if we can get it. And then they sent the like cut together scene to Lord to ask if they could have permission to use the song. And she said, yes. So I love the attitude of being like, this is what I want. 
And so I'm going to write it in as, as what I want. Like, I, so, I love that. So she has some real Ramona energy to her because, like, she's <laughs> making things happen. Yes. And, uh, that's hella, that is hella impressive. That is hella impressive. Um, yeah. Um, Velasco, what did you think of the directing in this? Uh, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I was really impressed by the directing and the cinematography, which you kind of talked about a little bit at the top, but I feel like we could get a little bit more into it as well. I thought it was, the entire film was just beautiful. It was beautifully done. Yeah, for sure. Did you have any, like, favorite shots that, like, really stuck out with you? I mean, like, um, other than Jennifer I mean, Lopez's that happened, entire dance sequence. <laughs> anything that happened in the champagne the room was just gorgeously shot, I thought. Yeah, yeah, they did such an interesting, uh, they did a lot of interesting stylistic choices for that Mm -hmm. uh, sequence. And, like, those sequences could have been directed, like, in some questionable ways. So I was kind of glad that they they really chose a really interesting artistic route to do those sequences. Yeah, it wasn't really male gazy, which I really appreciated. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, that was, that was a really nice change of pace. I think for me, my favorite shot of the movie has to be Jennifer Lopez coming out of the courtroom, giving the camera the finger. That's pretty great. It's a pretty great shot. And I saw it used a lot when, uh, Oscar talk was happening yesterday. Uh, people kept posting that image. Yes! That's amazing! Oh, Jennifer Lopez just flipping off the Academy and I'm like, yeah, girl. Can we talk about how uh, this is another thing I didn't notice until my second viewing. So this there's a scene in the movie that is sort of like the turning point for Constance Wu. So she has started dating G-Eazy. She gets pregnant and she stops dancing when she gets pregnant and she's kind of fallen off with um, Ramona's character. And then she gets to a point where she has broken up with her boyfriend and she needs money. And so she's trying to go back into the club. And at this point it's after the financial crash. And so the club is very different and um, it's definitely, it feels like the place that, that we are in in the beginning with the club is that it is, I mean, as, as much as it can be for a strip club, like it's a pretty safe place for the women. Like they are being preyed upon by the clientele. They do have a creepy boss they have a creepy guy that's like, you pay me so I make sure that no one messes with you. But they look out for each other. There is sort of a culture of, like, watching out for guys that are handsy or violent or inappropriate. There is an older woman that they call mom who's sort of, like, keeping an eye on all these things. Um, and so when she comes back, all of those safety nets are gone. And now it's all these new dancers and mom is working up front and she sort of references, like, they took the cameras out of the champagne room and all this other stuff. You know, the women are... Um, doing sexual favors for money. It's just like a different uh, environment. So there's this scene where Constance Wu is dancing for this guy in the champagne room and he starts hitting on her and it's so gross. Um, And also like really gross in, in what he's doing, but also the way he's saying it, he keeps asking her like, Oh, please, pretty please. Like it's so nasty. Um, And I did not. So she does. Um, they insinuate that she does um, perform oral sex on him or give him some kind of like sexual gratification. Um, and then it turns out that he paid her less money than he had offered her. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize until the second viewing. What? $60 versus 300 Yeah, which is like absolutely grotesque and devastating. Um, 
And also the idea of, like, having that realization that you did this thing that you, like, absolutely did not want to do and never would have done, but you felt so desperate. And then to see, like, that that is, for me, the most heartbreaking scene in the movie. But it we do get our vindication a little bit in that once they start their scheme, he is one of the guys that they target. And he's the guy that falls through the table, like, passes out and falls through the table. Um later on in the movie which I had not realized the first time I watched it and like gave me some uh, delightful satisfaction watching it the second time I just learned oh, that now wow. I'm so happy is that the guy that they called Alpha mm-hmm. in uh, the IMDB so I wanted to talk about because I feel like this is the room in which I could talk about this and have people be like we see you um, when Dorothy finds out that she's pregnant and um, they don't know yet if they're going to have a boy or a girl um Aside from the fact that gender is a construct and it doesn't matter. But she, when she says, and she's so sorrowful, and she says, I hope it's a boy. Both times watching this movie, I felt so struck by that statement because it reminds me so much of um, Daisy in The Great Gatsby when they have a, have a daughter, saying that she was so happy they had a daughter because she just hopes that she'll be a beautiful idiot because the world is such a dangerous place to be when you're a woman and it felt so heartbreaking to have that scene um like homaged whether it's intentional or not uh and sort of echoed because it seems like her partner doesn't at all understand like when she says that he doesn't have any awareness of why she's saying that he doesn't even like register that she says it but it's so devastating to hear i don't think he listens to a lot of what she says i mean i think that's definitely fair yeah yeah, no, that's uh, that is heartbreaking. That is a heartbreaking scene. It's 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 amazing because there are just so many individual scenes in this movie that work uh, work so well. I think one of the other standout performances uh, for me was probably uh, Y Ching Ho. Uh, maybe again, maybe pronouncing that wrong. Uh, my apologies if so. Uh, but uh, that's an actress that I definitely recognized her, and she plays. I believe it's her mom. She plays uh, Constance Wu's mo- mother, and she has just like a really good spirit and a really good. She's her timing. grandmother, isn't she? Oh, yeah, sorry, she's her grandmother. Yes, sorry, my apologies. Uh, but I had recognized her from she was in uh, some of the Marvel Netflix TV shows, where like it's so sort of like Daredevil, Iron Fist, and that, and she is playing like a martial arts character like named Madame Gao. And it's like it's kind. It was it's kind of like one of those castings where you're like, oh, this is. I don't know how I feel about this because it feels like you're kind of just act, asking this character to play into stereotypes. So I was very relieved to see uh, a movie uh, where she kind of just got to be a normal person, just like a normal individual and just kind of got to hang out and uh added a lot to the scene she was in she had a really good back and forth with uh, jennifer lopez and, and a lot in those dinner sequences and uh she added a lot without having to play into uh stereotypes at all and i thought that was uh thought that was really nice about all of the characters in this film because this is a very multicultural film um because there's uh all kinds of people in there and i don't think i felt that anyone was playing into stereotypes at all other than maybe um the uh the dancers who like when she comes back being like uh russian i think were they russian is that what they said yeah yes. Russian. 
Yeah, Russian. They, they weren't really painted with as much of a sympathetic uh, sympathetic light um, as the, uh, the other characters were. But uh, other than that, I thought the uh, representation was uh, pretty spot on in this. I really like the grandmother's story about, was it like Frankie Valley or something that she had yes. met at oh. one point and uh, wanted to hook up with? I thought that was a really cute moment. Yeah, yeah, that was really cute. And then, like, when Jennifer Lopez is asking her, like, on your wedding night, if he shows up in the car, what would you do? She's like, she has, which like, car really is good... yours? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, like, a great, it's, like, a great line. And Saucy a great, grandma. Uh, good old grandmas. You know, it's always nice. It's always nice when, you know, you have a, 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 when you're reminded that people of an older age are not just really angry racists on the internet, and they are people, too. Wow. And that they actually <laughs> live a life. Yeah. An interesting life. <laughs> An interesting life. Uh, the only other person I really want to talk about is, I guess, Julia Stiles, because she is kind of the way that the film, you like the framing device the film uses, because she is the writer who's going to write the article that would then inspire the movie uh, that we're making now. So it's all like some Uroboros stuff. And I, I like Julia Stiles. I've always liked Julia Stiles. They don't really give her much to do in, in this movie. Um, I mean, but as is the role, right. She's kind of just supposed to be the observer and like, it's a lot, uh, like, like a journalist is, uh, and I just thought it was really interesting how they kind of weaved in that as a storytelling element, where I think it worked. Like, I, I wouldn't criticize the film for that element. I just don't know if the... I don't know if I would have wanted more from Julia Stiles from, like, an extended cut and maybe get a little bit more of her character, or I'm okay with where she kind of stands. Sophie, what do you think of Julia Stiles and the, the frame narrative? I think she's good. It's it, it, I really loved getting to see, because I am a big fan of... Uh, to take things back to Constance Wu, I loved getting to see her play in the two different timelines um, because her performances are really different, um, but I thought really effective. And I liked the the framing device of having Julia Stiles there because I think there's some really interesting things going on there from a directorial standpoint as far as um, some of the stylistic elements. Uh, Yeah, so as a whole, I think it's easy to say... I think we all loved this movie a lot. Uh, everybody here has a lot of enthusiasm towards it. And if nothing else, that should make you want to go out and watch this movie. Uh, it has a great cast. It has a great writer. It has a great director. And uh, it seems pretty flawless to me. Uh, anyone have any final thoughts before we head out? I've been uh, instructed to pass along since Hannah's computer decided to kick her out of the podcast. She asked me to tell you guys that... Um, she wants to say that she really appreciates dicks in movies, and this goes on the list. She said, be sure to say that it's specifically not because I love dicks, but more because I am passionate that there should be more male nudity in media for equality reasons. <laughs> and uh, this movie fair. does have a penis in it, so. Hey, say la vie. That's, that makes sense. I don't know why I said that is life. <laughs> I don't know why that was my response. Dicks Penises. is life. Dicks because is dicks is life dicks make is it a t-shirt life. oh yeah no Our first do not make that dicks t-shirt is, dicks is life and it's just got caramel's face on it looking sad oh no uh, caramel <laughs> 
so Valeska, where can they find you on the internet? I don't know why they'd want to, but I'm on Twitter at bitchcraftio. They might want to because you're a delightful Twitter presence. I mean, I can try to be. I'll try to step it up. <laughs> no, I think that was the opposite of what she was saying. I think you already are at the plate and you're hitting home runs. And I'm taking it as aspirational. <laughs> I'm glad somebody like got me out of that analogy because I'm not sure how long it would have gone. Maybe it would have gone like a home run. Maybe you would have got. You were MLB. like because sports and also sometimes in the stuff with the sports. <laughs> yes. Well, Sophie, given that you can do a spot-on impression of my sports talk and lack thereof, <laughs> uh, where can the world find you? You can find me on Twitter at Phillies Femme. That's Phillies like the baseball team and Femme like the French lady. And uh, my sister Hannah and I have a new uh, and I should say I almost said new and improved, but like we haven't been around that long. A new uh horror podcast called 28 days later if you want to listen to us uh get drunk and have brunch banter about horror films and stuff hey i mean given the fact that uh 16 people listened to last week's episode uh i'm sure they want to hear somebody who's intelligent when they're drunk talk about movies because oof oof i was hoping nobody would listen to that episode and many people did uh anyways uh you also (laughs) may have another podcast on the horizon i hear Oh, yes. Uh, So my very dear friend, uh, well, my friend and yours, Jason, uh, he and I are going to start a Fringe podcast, and I could not be more enthused. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Do you have a name for that yet? I just just We do not. I'm sure it's going to be called something about how great Joshua Jackson is, and... It might just be called something about how great Joshua Jackson is. You know, we're really still workshopping ideas. You know what? And and every time uh, you guys are both on or on individually, I will let you say that phrase on my podcast. That's how much I love both of you. Um, and if you like this podcast, um, you know, that's you know awesome i'm glad i'm i'm impressed thank you thank you for that uh you could rate us five stars on itunes or give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you use i don't know all these other weird platforms rating systems give us five schmeckles and we'll give you a quajekel and we'll be like high on the thing <laughs> give us some another award-winning jellical cat song i don't know whatever throw a lot of ones our way because as ramona says doesn't money make you horny <laughs> doesn't rating five stars to a podcast that has middling quality but has a few great episodes like the one you just listened to make you horny if so don't email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com that is our email address but like i don't i don't want your weird horny messages uh and you can also uh go to our new and improved twitter page uh which is milkshakes milkshakes and mimosas or m podcast m is the tag and it's new and improved because Valeska has joined up and has actually been encouraging us all to post more because I know I post more because she posts more and now the whole thing the page is just getting better well look go at team. us team go team go banana uh anyways it's clear I'm just rambling uh and I should definitely end this episode but you know I never really know when to properly end things bye